0: I'm a and welcome to our Derby Week special pod. Yes, we're going to review the defeat to Shakhtar in the Champions League, but then we're going to get into the nitty-gritty of this weekend's Manchester Derby. Joining me to separate the nit from the grit, I've got the one-two counterpunch of Sam Lee and Howard Hockin. Welcome, Howard.
1: Uh, Good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay, thank you. Wonderful.
0: Morning, Sam. Morning. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thanks. Not too bad. Excellent. Do you hate derbies in the way that Howard hates derbies? <laughs> uh, um,
2: not. I don't know. Maybe I used to. Not anymore. Now I just think of it in this kind of weird journalism prism rather than as a fan. So I just kind of. I don't know. I just kind of get on with it. Are you, you? Yeah, they never used to be ideal, did they? But obviously, from a United point of view, for the first good part of my life, the result didn't tend to be in doubt, did it? Mm. obviously recently yeah I remember going to Christ I remember going to summer they were the most nervous you'd ever been you know the the kind of 2010 that kind of era that that era yeah. onwards when obviously things started to turn and obviously gradually building to the point we're at now where City are the better team those ones were those ones were very nerve wracking yeah and had some crazy times at stadiums going to them ones.
0: Mm. Howard this week how are you feeling do you, do you have your normal I hate derbies I feel sick
1: uh, yeah but it doesn't normally kick in until well on this occasion Saturday so uh, but obviously doing this pod isn't helping so <laughs>
0: <laughs> thanks for inviting me on <laughs>
1: jeez you make it sound like we put a gun to your head and dragged you here. <laughs> uh, okay well listen can't but, avoid can it now with, can I so no it's
0: true it's this true. is it it's, yeah. Well, look, I'm going to start. I'm going to start with an opening question. Um, Cam Whittle asks: Would you rather win the Derby but draw Real Madrid in the Champions League, or lose the Derby but get Basel or Porto in the Champions League? Howard,
1: uh, win the Derby. I presume, you, I presume you want an explanation as well, um, <laughs> which I'm happy to give, obviously. Well, go on. Give me Give me an explanation then. Right. Well, I'll go off a bit left field first, having an argument online with someone the other day saying, it doesn't matter who we, he was saying, it doesn't matter who we get, you've got to beat the best teams to win the Champions League. To which I applied, absolute rubbish. <laughs> well, I'm paraphrasing. Uh, you don't have to. Obviously, if you, you've got a better chance of doing it if you don't hit the big teams until later, rather than get a big team in every single round. So obviously... We have a better chance of winning the Champions League if we get a Basel first before we start picking out the likes of Real Madrid. Having said that, the reason for this answer is the league's just the most important thing for me. And if we won on Sunday, at this stage, we haven't won the league, but we've got one hand on that title. I mean, it's a, yeah, the advantage would be huge. So you, you kind of semi guarantee in the title. Whereas uh, drawing Real Madrid just means it'll be a fifty fifty, I reckon, at this precise point. So you know, th- having one hand on the title and a hard fifty fifty tie in the Champions League, yeah, I'd take that over you know, the other side. Because you could yeah, you get Basel but then you I would still say we're still unlikely to win the competition because it's a very open competition which about six or seven teams could win. Mm. so you don't you might just then get all you're doing is putting off getting Real Madrid by one round so and it's the derby of course and it would be a monumental win to win on Sunday so yeah it's the league win for me
0: okay Cham, um, as a uh, I can't say it's a neutral because uh, in this instance you're not but uh, in your opinion for City as a club what will be more important or what will have a bigger impact upon the season Winning at Old Trafford at the weekend, or drawing a Basel or a Porto, to more or less give yourself uh, an easy ride into the quarterfinals of the Champions League.
2: Uh, well, I, I suppose probably the the best way I can look at it is trying to think how what what Guardiola would do if you offered it him, and I think he'd it, definitely say, like, even in private, obviously win on win on Sunday, and and yeah, bring on Real Madrid. Um, I personally think City have got a good chance of beating Real Madrid in, in current form. Obviously not going to play for about three months, so it is always difficult to know. But you know, City are probably, you know, on form the best the best team in Europe this season. And I think I think they can they certainly can beat Real Madrid. And even a couple of years ago when you played them in the in the semifinals, it, it wasn't a million miles away from happening. Even you know, and that was with our city barely giving it a go at all over over the two legs. Um, obviously, completely different now. And yeah, and then all then, then there's all the logic that Howard said about going 11 points clear, and that would be yeah, that would be huge, wouldn't it, at this stage of the season, going 11 points clear of United, and also the statement as well. It would just kind of, I suppose, it would shut a few people up as well about the merit of the two teams if City were to to go and get a statement win at United or indeed just any win. So, yeah, I'd I'd, I'd answer that was win on Sunday and play Real Madrid next off.
0: Okay. Is it weird that City are eight points clear, uh, setting all sorts of records in the Premier League, and yet somehow what you've just said is almost an implicit criticism that it will shut a lot of people up if they go and win at Old Trafford, as if they need to prove something.
2: Yeah, yeah it, it, I think there's there's kind of there's there's been that a lot. I mean, don't get me wrong. There, there's been a lot of praise for City in the media, and, and and rightly so. But yeah, there's still this kind of undercurrent of. Well, I'm not. I'm not sure what the undercurrent is. I mean, obviously, some of it is just the kind of oh well, it's Guardiola. He can only do it with money or or whatever. Or City, they haven't had any injuries and stuff like that, which is wrong. Um, but yeah, I just I just think. City are still at that stage for whatever reason, where I don't know if people aren't convinced, but it just seems like the more they win, the easier it seems to be for them, which is obviously the opposite of what happens. And it's, what sorry, it's the opposite of what is actually going on. And it's obviously incredibly difficult to have got this far with so many wins in the Premier League and still to be unbeaten. It's, it's a weird situation for some people where they just seem incapable of giving City credit. And I suppose they'd say mm-hmm. they haven't, they haven't had a real test yet either, which is again wrong. But if you go to United, then that's probably as big a test as as anyone could hope for. And, and if they win that, then nobody could then say, "Oh, they need a bigger test."
0: Well, we said that after Chelsea, exactly. Well.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, you know, I know there's been plenty of tests, but I'm, I'm talking about the the kind of the, the people who are still yet to give City the credit they deserve for their. You say start of the season, nearly nearly paid half of the season, and <laughs> still going. Mm. Through,
0: so. Yeah, no, that's a that that's another very fair point. But it does feel like I think it it, it feeds into the characterisation that you know there's still a long way to go by saying the st- the the start that they've had to the season. But you're right, we're nearly at the at the midpoint. Um, okay, I've got a second opening question, but actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to save it for when we talk about the derby a little bit later. Um, I'll open that section of the pod with with that question. So let's talk about. Uh, Shakhtar versus Manchester City. Uh, Sam, I'm going to start with you on the team selection and the tactics. In my notes, I wrote, "What the hell were they?" So, as our resident expert, I want you to try and explain what went on there.
2: Um, basically, I think it was. Can't, it must have been a way to get everybody available. That wasn't a first teamer into the lineup. You know, I think, I mean, the Foden thing at left back was basically because I, I saw, I'd seen the team in the afternoon and I, I just assumed that Fernandinho was going to be left back the way it fit mm-hmm. in. Um, and especially what Marty had said on the podcast the other day that you did with him about, you know, he was the first idea to replace Mendy, but obviously they need him in midfield. So I thought, well, they'll just, if he is playing, then stick him there. But, um, I just wonder if it was... Because Guardiola obviously went into the season with like a, a three at the back in mind, didn't he? And obviously they started the season and then it brought it back for the Liverpool game. But it didn't even look that that good until the red card. And after that, it was ditched and they haven't looked back. So maybe part of it was, OK, let's have another look at this shape, even with a lot of the reserves. But I, I just think it was kind of a way to to get... All of those players into the team, but the, the Fernandinho thing was strange. I was surprised about that when I heard. Um, I, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really know why he'd gone with that though, because you could, I'm sure you could pick the same kind of team. If you're just going to play Foden left back, I don't know if you're going to play him out of position. Just play him as a normal left back, and that's. Maybe it's just because there weren't enough players to go around. Do you know what I mean? He's he's left so yeah. many first-team players on the bench. There weren't enough to go around, really, to rest everyone. So they've gone, right, we'll play Fernandinho in the defence so we can have a look at him, maybe. And then left wing-back won't be as bad for Foden as as a full-on left-back. Maybe it was just yeah. that. Because if, if you'd left Fernandinho out, then you'd need to come up with a left-back from somewhere, which, as we know, they don't have. And you'd need to come up with a midfielder from somewhere. as again, they play Torrey and Gundogan anyway. And mm. yeah, I don't know, maybe but then, you know, I'd say put Bernardo Silva in the midfield and start with Brahim. But there we go.
0: Howard, what about for you? How did you, like, when that team's announced, what was your first thought? <laughs> well, even the ones that announced it, I don't, you know, do the captions, didn't know
1: how to put them on the screen, did this? I think Sam's no. pretty much summed it up perfectly. I think he was just shoehorning certain players. He's play, he's probably decided who's playing and he's kind of put them on the pitch. Uh, and he don't want he wants Foden the chance to get up the pitch a bit because it's it's not his natural position. But a wing back's better than a you know a defending left back. And he'd have to yeah uh, yeah. I was surprised Fernandinho. I just don't understand why he needed to be in the team. And Sane I was surprised with. Uh, Otherwise, you yeah, know, we had to put striker in, so no surprise that one of the two starts there. Uh, and the others, yeah, Winnie Foden was starting, just would have preferred probably to see him in his preferred position. And, if, you know, yeah. someone like Bernardo Silva would like to see them, essentially, but of course, as Sam said, as we all know, he's picking from a limited selection here, so he's just kind of shoehorning people onto the pitch, and that's... Pretty much how it played out. It was a. You know, do you think I it don't think he'd ever, it? he would ever. it would never do this in a, a game that mattered. So. No. It was just. Do you think. Th- one of those things, really, isn't it? So,
0: do you think the team should have been weaker, Howard?
1: Yeah, it's, it's, the weir- it's the weirdest of situations. I'm sat there watching the game going, don't try too hard. Oh, <laughs> but also play really well, because I don't. I never want to see my team not playing well. But then I'm like, but don't put yourself out, Sarno, don't go in for that tackle. <laughs> uh, and it's like, I don't know what I want here, but yeah, it's hard, isn't it? Because you can't, people talk about, oh, a defeat could, you know, the psychology of the team, I don't think it makes any difference whatsoever. They won't be thinking about this game back come Sunday, it'll be a distant memory for everyone. Uh, but you don't want to see your team do badly, but yeah, it, it didn't matter. I don't. I don't care about the runs. I care about the league table at, at the end of the season or how far we go in this competition. No one will remember in three years that you know about unbeaten runs. For it, it's not the most important thing. So yeah, I'd have made it even weaker. But then, of course, which whatever he'd done, someone would have had a problem with it, and that's the problem he faced last night as manager. Do you
0: think- yeah, do you think that in these in this situation where you end up with a dead rubber, but actually it's a dead rubber for you, but it affects the other, it affects two teams, the 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 team that you choose and the way that the result goes. Um, do you think that there is a responsibility for the what am I, what's the word I'm looking for here for the uh, credibility of the competition that you sh- that there should be a rule about. How much of a weakened team you can field, or should it just be a case of well, you can only register twenty-five players for the Champions League squad, and it's nobody's business which of those twenty-five are chosen on any given match day.
1: Well, yeah, he's picked from his squad, isn't he? So, how do you decide what? Yeah, you, know, you go through previous lineups and say that's weakened, but you know, Silva and De Bruyne not play. Anyway. I felt, I think Pep felt he had a responsibility. Yes. So the team was kind of a mishmash mm. of, you know, your Bernardo Silva's, Mangalas and Danilo's who need the time, Gundawan to prove themselves. But he's thrown in a couple of, you know, Sane Fernandinho. He's kept Edison in. It wasn't a weak, weak team, really. Uh, so he, I think he felt responsibility. As for City, no, they have no responsibility. They've picked from a squad. This happens a thousand, yeah, it'll happen a hundred times. It's. It's the look of the draw at the end of a season. City might be going for a league and have a team that has got nothing to play for, whereas we'll be up against United who have got a team fighting relegation. That's just the way it goes. It's yeah. Sometimes you win some, you lose some. You know, and that's how it it drops at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, where what's the rule? How do you define that rule of of you, what's I a just... week of what's a weakened team? He's yeah. picked from his squad, and but I do think that Pep felt some responsibility. Yeah, uh, as it happened, he could have put the kids out because Napoli. I mean, Napoli might have lost because they heard the score from the other game, yeah, you know, from our game, and I'm guessing hearing that Shakhtar were two 0 up, they might have just like eased off somewhat.
0: Uh, yeah, you'd
1: think so. You'd think so Yeah, you so. You know, we can't be sure they would have lost anyway. But in the end of, you know, at the end, you could say it didn't matter what team Pep put out.
0: Mm. Um, let's let's talk about what, if anything, we can learn or we can take from what effectively is almost a friendly for for City. Howard, what what did you what did you learn from the match itself?
1: I'll just refer you to Sam's tweet last night. Nothing whatsoever. Uh-
0: <laughs> did you not read the part in my notes where it says pick one thing each at least, please?
1: Okay, well, I'll I'll try and do that in a bit, but. <laughs> Uh, yeah, go yeah, but what if I don't? No, no <laughs> uh, that's fair enough. Now, Sam's point, pertinent point last night is you don't find out how good, let's say, a uh, Tosin is by putting him in into scratch sides. You find out by putting him in to our first team for 10 games. I agree wholeheartedly. Uh, now, he might not be good enough, and I've not seen anything yet to convince me he is good enough, but this is not how you find out and the temper of the match and its importance in the derby, you don't find out too much about Danilo, who may not end up to be good enough for us. Now I'm sure he is good enough for quite a lot of our matches during the season, I have no doubt about that. And Bernardo Silva, you know, I'd have learnt more if he played in his position, I'd learnt more about Foden if he played in his favourite position. Uh, if you look at the what did I learn? players... I learned that I'm very excited to see more of him... <laughs> Yeah, of our other youngster, uh, Foden, I've seen quite a bit of anyway, and I thought he, he did okay, but it wasn't the game to really, you know, brilliant to see him on the pitch as well. Uh, I think the youngest starter since for an English team since set Cesc Fabregas about thirteen years ago. So it's great to see him on the pitch, uh, but I can't say we learnt much. I think that's what I would say. I would I learned that you don't find out much about players when You make so many changes, just like the yeah. Wolves match, really.
0: Yeah,
1: I learned nothing yeah. from that Wolves match, and I learned very little from this because I don't think the players were tried until they got a rocket up the backside at half time, anyway. So, mm. and it, it, um, yeah, you could just see sorry, from that second goal, I would strongly suspect that Edison pulled out of that challenge, <laughs> which
0: he would not have done in any other game. Mm. I think that's maybe a a fair call. Um, Sam, would you go along with what Howard said there or or did you maybe pick out a couple of things that you did take from the match?
2: The main thing was probably Brahim because, um, you know, with all the Phil Foden hype, which is justified because he's a very good player, like, Brahim is probably just as good. If not, then mainly only slightly worse and being only slightly worse than Phil Foden at that age is even though he's slightly old, a few months older it's that is no bad thing but the thing with Brahim is whenever we've seen him or whenever we've seen him in the first team which hasn't been too often it's just kind of like okay well this we know this kid's got talent but he seems a little bit shy in showing it like when he played in pre-season you know he didn't necessarily do a lot um, and it was just kind of seemed a bit inhibited but when he came on last night it was like Okay, I'm ready to I'm ready to play now. I'm ready to contribute, and you think, you know, that gives that gives Guardiola something to think about now. And I don't necessarily expect him to be on the bench at the weekend unless somebody's injured. But in future, Guardiola, I'm sure, will be thinking, okay, if we, even if we, even if you know, even if the game's still in the balance, this lad can come on and help us. You know, if he's gonna if he's gonna run at defenders and commit defenders, then that's gonna be a You know, that'll be a viable option for us. So I think probably the most important thing was yeah brahim because he just seemed to have that kind of confidence that he plays with in the youth team games, which I hadn't actually seen him uh, recreate when he when he's played in the first team
0: okay um do you think it was a bit unfair on Foden to play him as a left wing back Sam I'm asking you first um, I,
2: I I don't know because I, I mean whether it was unfair or not I'm not entirely sure because I think he'll get a lot out of it. Uh, You know, at that age, or even if you're not, even if not at that age, you know, if if you if you if you're learning on the job, and then you get asked to do a different job, which kind of heightens your senses. You know, you're not you're out of your comfort zone. You you've got to look out for other things you hadn't ever considered. I mean, to to kind of use a personal example that this brought to mind last night. I'm doing kickboxing at the moment. I've only been doing it a couple of months, and the other night, Tuesday Tuesday night, did some sparring with this like Russian black belt. And he he wears all the gear, <laughs> wears all the robes, and within about ten seconds, he'd s- swept my leg away from me, and I was on my back. And that in there, that had never happened because I'd just been sparring with people who were about my level, and it's just the kind of prearranged stuff you have already learned. And but as soon as that happens, you think, okay, I need to avoid that. So Foden playing in a completely different position, he's going to be thinking, okay, I need to take this into account. I need to maybe you know, and especially with Guardiola's positional play, he's going to be like, okay, well these players are there. This is where I need to be. I think. Although he didn't get to show his best game, I think when you're 17 and you get a first team opportunity, I think, you know, I think he'll, he'll have got a lot out of that. And I think, you know, Guardiola's not going to go, oh, well, you didn't play very well, did you? You know, Guardiola's going to realise that he was out of position and he'll take that into account. I don't think it's going to harm his chances in future. So, I mean, okay. I, somebody, somebody said to me last night, somebody who knows him, they went, oh, he won't be happy with that. And I thought, well, may, maybe he won't be, but you'd like to th- – because is 17, so you can't really expect him to look at the big picture just yet. But you're probably thinking the fullness of time. It, it probably recognised the value of that. I mean, it, yeah, it probably, it probably was slightly unfair in terms of you're never going to get his best position out of him. But regardless of that, I think, I think it will help him. and I think it will be quite useful for him.
0: Hmm. Howard um just to kind of uh stick to that theme of whether it was unfair on on Foden um were you not were you not even a little bit surprised when you kind of saw the experience that was knocking around in centre mid with 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 Gundogan in there and 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 Yaya in there that it it almost felt like why you know for me I didn't understand why okay the only thing I could think of was he's left footed so that's why they've stuck him at left wing back but you know you can put – if he's no more a left wing back than, than Gundogan is, yeah? And the game itself is a dead rubber, so you're not going to learn anything from it in terms of – there's nothing at stake. So if there's nothing at stake, what you can learn is how good Phil Foden is in his best position. You know how good Gundogan is in his best position. You know that Torres' legs have gone. So it, it's an opportunity to play – to. I guess what I'm trying to get at is that maybe I feel as though there was an opportunity there to actually learn something about Foden and Guardiola's passed that up to play him as wing-back. Or am I being harsh on Pep now?
1: Well, it's a bit of what you've said, what Sam said. I mean, we'll go back to it. He's been probably shoehorned in because of paucity of left-back options. Uh, now, they could have put Danilo. I mean, if, as Fernandinho is a right-back, he could put Danilo at left-back, couldn't he? had a flat back four or back four wouldn't be flat would it uh, and then you could push yeah then that frees Foden to play further up I think I'm more, it's what Sam says in it it's probably give him some defensive duties to to see what that's like he wants him to be an all round player maybe but mm-hmm. as a fan yeah I wanted to see what he'd do I agree with what you've just said Ace and I wanted to see him in his preferred position but it probably goes back to shoehorning you know, he's decided these are the 11 players I'm going to trust to start the match and trying to find a place on the pitch for him. But yeah, he could have chucked it around, even if for the last 25 minutes or something, you know, just sent him upfield back into his position. So, But I don't think you would take, you know, the wing-back was the concession, wasn't it? It allowed him to get forward a bit more. Uh, but yeah, I'd prefer to see. do his natural thing and see what it was like Uh, but then Gundogan needs time Bernardo Silva needs time so he's trying to you know spinning a lot of plates into and this was probably this was the concession the uh, of trying to get you know
0: sort all these problems out so Mm. tell me what you think about the the performances of uh, I'm interested to know uh, what you think about how Mangala Danilo Torre Bernardo Silva, basically the the, the, the quote-unquote squad players who were brought in last night, That it, I thought they were all really poor. And as an extension of that, I couldn't figure out whether they were poor because they were rusty or they were poor because they already knew that it was a dead rubber. Uh, it, because for me, for guys like Sane and you, the guys who you know were going to start at the weekend, Jesus... You, you almost don't want them busting a gut, but at the same time, the squad players, it's an opportunity for all of those guys to go, look, I'm actually better than whoever's got my spot in the first team. Um, do you feel any of their performances reflected anything like that?
1: No, but uh, i just have to refer you to my earlier thing, that answer that we can't take anything from. The That's it. It's like, it's that. That thing that everyone went on about before the match, this is their chance to prove themselves. But it's the psychology you just can't, in a scratch side, in the game that doesn't mean anything. It's a team game, it's not just about Bernardo Silva. If you want him to prove himself, play him where he wants to play, see how good he is, you know, in the same way as Foden. Uh, and I feel, yeah, I'd love to have seen him centrally, and just, but no one. No one put in uh, <laughs> no one put in a good rehearsal for the first team, let's put it that way. I don't I think Danilo was the weakest and I thought Gundowan grew into the game more than the others. I think they all did in the second half, they're all better to be fair. I think the first half was pretty poor all round. Uh, I think yeah. they did a lot better second half, and Gundawan did okay. Uh but and we kind of know Gundawan anyway. I know he's been injured so much of the time, but it's the others that had to prove themselves. But, you know, what can you take from this? It's so hard to say. I just... It's the psychology of busting a gut in a dead rubber. Uh, but no, no one no one put themselves out there saying, you must pick me now, Pep, to be honest. Uh, and are still not, you know, toasting. How would we know unless we play? Playing for 10 games on a row in the first team.
0: Right, let's talk about the thing that we all want to talk about, or at least the thing that I want to talk about, even if you don't, Howard, that will be the derby. Um, Sam, I'm going to start with you. Uh, There seemed to be, in Guardiola's pre-match and post-match press conferences for the Shakhtar match, he seemed to place question marks over a lot of players,
1: Yeah,
0: um, which was... I'm really struggling to figure out whether this is just one big mind game or whether it's true. So let's start with Vinny because that's the huge one that seems to have have, have come post Shakhtar. Is it true that Guardiola said after the match that Vinny was set to play against Shakhtar until he felt something and pulled out?
2: Yes. Well, he said that, yeah. Um, Whether it's true or not, I'm not sure. I only saw it this morning. Uh, but yeah, he said that. Um, and then reading into that, that's never normally been good in the past, has it? I mean, that, that's, I don't think there's been a precedent of him doing that and then coming back the next game. No. I think he's done that and there's, he's been out for a little bit longer. Um, so yeah, I think if oh. that is the case, then it doesn't, it doesn't sound good. I mean, we can't be sure, but it doesn't, it doesn't sound good on the precedent.
0: Okay. And in terms of, so you, you you don't think there's a possibility there that Vinny himself has just pulled himself out because he doesn't, he wants to be ready for the derby.
2: Well, no, like I say, it is possible, but I'm just going by the precedent of, yeah, it's certainly possible. Um, but like I say, I'm just going by the precedent. I think the last time he pulled out of a game was Barcelona away last year. And then I don't think he, he came back for a while after that. Very true. So I'm just, I'm just going by that rather. Than, I mean, it's definitely possible that, that he's actually okay. okay. Um, um but just going by what's happened before.
0: Um give me a gut feeling on uh Silver, Walker, uh who else has a problem according to Guardiola? Uh, Is it those three? David Silver Dalf
2: was Dalf was ill, but he should be okay, I think. Okay. Um I think David Silver's okay. It didn't sound too serious, but the guy I spoke to said he'd ask on Thursday, and I was I was, that, that'll be later on so I'm not sure but I think I kind of get the feeling it will be alright um, I can I can check now um, yeah Otamendi I th- no he, he, in fact he just said I think I saw a tweet saying Otamendi and Walker had problems but I think what he actually said was just they were tired or or not even that they were tired but that they have played the last seven games or nine games or something so I think they'll be okay okay so
0: really, um, the, the
2: big one. So the big one is company. Yeah. Um, the, the thing is, you would, look. I mean, we might get a bit bogged down in thinking United aren't going to attack, and I'm sure you know they, they, there will be spells where they'll be needed. And Mangala hasn't, you know, he's made he, Mangala's made mistakes. That he's got away with, but if he makes them mistakes on Sunday, there's a good chance he won't get away with them, and then everyone's going to be highlighted to the fact that he is making these mistakes, even even still now. you know, he gives the ball away. You know, when City are set up, you know, the ball's with the centre-back, City are set up to build their attack. And, you know, for the first three months of the season, they had Stones on the ball or Otamendi on the ball and they'd never give it away. Uh, But now, like, it happens a lot when Mangala just gives it straight to one of their forwards or midfielders. And, I mean, that's just suicide. And if United are set up to counter-attack on Sunday, which they probably will be, you can't get away with that. So... And again, if City are going to have all the ball and United sit deep, then you want obviously Stones isn't going to play, but you want Stones and Otamendi there. Obviously, now the newfound ball player in Otamendi, you want them players just to help City's game. And obviously, there's been a bit of a drop off in the, the speed of City's play since Stones got injured. So to lose company as well, yeah, I mean it. It really isn't ideal, is it for Sunday? If if he if indeed he isn't available i'll message somebody now maybe we'll have an answer by the end of the podcast but if not you'll have to keep an eye out over the next 36 hours or so okay but it, yeah it'd be good to see what's going on with company because it'd be a big loss
0: yeah no definitely um howard uh, the second opening question that i had was uh, from jonathan settler who asked uh why does this derby feel much more important even than the april 2012 one even though it obviously isn't does it it does to me. I, that's why I put that question in there because uh, it, it it feels absolutely huge. I'll tell you why I think it feels huge. Go on,
1: you go thing. first, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, I think it feels huge because quietly, United are in are in very 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 good form. And I think that in terms of what City have built between the start of the season and now, they've built an an air of, I don't want to say invincibility, I don't want to use that word, but they've built an air of, they are a league apart from everybody else in this league. Um, and I think that what we need to do on Sunday is beat them because if we don't beat them, if they... It, from, in my opinion, if United win on Sunday, then all of the work that we've put into the last four months more or less gets put on ice because fa- a five-point gap is absolutely nothing. And the pressure that it, it then applies upon City going into the Spurs fixture, going into a ridiculously busy schedule of, of fixtures is huge. And I think the flip side of that is an 11-point gap and you begin to think about the idea of one hand on the trophy. It's basically a six point swing, and I think that, yeah, it, mentally, it's maybe even more important that that we win this one than, yeah, that maybe not as <laughs> not not the twelve, not the two thousand and twelve one, because obviously well, it can't be
1: more important than that.
0: Yeah, <laughs> because we we had to win that. Well, it can't be more important than that, but it feels. Equally, this doesn't feel like a no pressure derby. Not for me anyway. It actually feels like a, a a very, very big, very high pressure, very intense derby that I feel City need to win. So what do you think?
1: Uh no, they don't need to win. <laughs> uh yeah, obviously it's a high pressure derby. There's no denying that. Uh as for 2012, it's not even one-tenth as important. Because that literally was the league on the line. Our first one. Uh, I know it wasn't the last game, but it felt like it was the league on the line. And if we hadn't won, it was, it was the league gone. Uh, obviously, if we win on Sunday, that is an immense. Yeah, you know, that's huge. That is huge. As I said, as you've just you know attained to, it's one one hand of the trophy almost. It's a huge lead. If we lose, a five point lead is nothing. It isn't nothing, it's a five point lead, which would have snapped your hand off at the beginning of the season. At this stage of the season, uh, there's momentum and all that, so obviously I'll be absolutely gutted and I'll be. And I'm really getting greedy and I want to maintain that eight point lead as a minimum. I want to get into double figures, but it's not the end of the world, it's a five point lead. and we'll just have to regroup. I mean obviously yeah with a lot of games coming up we'll see what the team's made of if they l- lose the first league game. Uh it's a big game. It is a big game because I think you know this is the this is probably I'm not ruling out Chelsea but this is probably the top 2 at the end of the season. So that's when six point swings are that important, you know. That win at Chelsea for us might be huge come the end of the season. Because if they'd won that game they Would be far behind us right now, so mm. you see, you can see the importance of a swing of one match. Uh, but yeah, nothing's decided on this match, it's just it is what it is. Uh, how do you we'll still be top and we'll still be comfortably top in the scheme of things, you know, as far away as we've ever been in the league, you know, until the last month or so, anyway, you know. We just snap your hand off for five point leading previous title camp- winning campaign, so it won't be the end of the world. it will just be desperately disappointing.
0: Mm. How do you assess our form? I mean, to putting put, putting the Shata match aside, how do you assess the form that we're in going into the game, Howard?
1: Yeah, it's a very tough question to answer because you've got to ask: Are we in a dip, or are we struggling against defensive teams who've played very well against us? Are we tired? Or, you put it either way, are we winning despite these defensive teams? I think we'll learn a lot more, won't we, on Sunday? Or maybe we won't because it's a derby. It's like, uh, I think we are in a dip. I think our levels have, have gone down a bit. But I wouldn't necessarily say that's a factor on Sunday because it's such a different game against mm. a team with a different approach. He's obviously not going to park the bus like he has in the past uh, because Mourinho knows he has to win the game. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we if we get back to the fluency, the it's the passing, the incisiveness that we saw just about three or four weeks ago. I think both our front players are off the boil. Uh and that could be key on Sunday, that whoever he picks, and I think it'd be Aguero, has one of his best games in in a while. That could be key
0: to us getting a result there. Hmm. Um Sam, would you agree with Howard's assessment that it's a must-win game for Mourinho and United?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even 11 11 points would be huge, wouldn't it? But, you know, it's not insurmountable. It would be incredibly difficult for United. But, yeah, um, the whole, I think Mourinho's biggest problem this season is the fact that City are so good and Guardiola's so good and United are doing fine, really. Um, He's, He's doing his kind of normal approach to games and he's doing what seems to have become normal in that he just he just moans and everyone's everything just seems miserable and you know he had that period where he was having a go at the fans. And it it was he was kind of creating problems for himself when they didn't need to be there. But United are doing okay, and the biggest the biggest issue is that City is so good. So then if they do go and lose to City there can't really be any arguments about,
1: you
0: know.
2: It, it just makes it even more plain that look, United, you've got a lot of money to spend as well. You could have had Guardiola if you'd acted a bit more clever a couple of years ago. Um, you could have not been in this situation if you'd have acted a bit more clever and not not got Moyes in the first place. You know, what I mean? it is, you know, the, it's a kind of a sliding doors thing. You know, United could easily, or could conceivably at least, have had Guardiola. Had things gone differently, obviously city put a lot of work into it, and you know sort of a lot of a lot of that's due to cheeky and and Soriano, but you know it would i think it would paint a stark picture on sunday if if city win and if they win well, which they're capable of doing and I think a lot of united fans will be looking at themselves and looking at each other and just thinking yeah okay we've 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 all sniped about city and Guardiola and money spent and having it easy or whatever but this this could have been us and what is the alternative we've got? It's Mourinho, um, and it, it might make him look like yesterday's man a bit. So, well, I think you know that argument's been made already, and I think that argument would be made again if if Guardiola does show him up a bit on Sunday. Okay. So, yeah, I think I think I think uh I think Mourinho does need to win this definitely.
0: Okay, um, in terms of how he will approach it, if he needs to win the game, then do you expect his approach to be? Um, maybe a little bit more progressive than people expect. May,
2: maybe it won't be. Maybe it won't quite be the the bunkered in defensive displays that we that we've seen him do against Guardiola in the past, and maybe it won't even be. Well, the thing is, the part. Part of the reason the game against Liverpool was so boring is because Liverpool didn't really do anything either. Uh, but you, City will be, more, will be more comfortable playing that way. They will be more comfortable to risk going forward and creating chances. So I don't think it's going to be as stale a game as the United-Liverpool game was. Obviously, United are at home, but without Pogba, I think Mourinho is going to feel even more vindicated to kind of do what he does, and that is sit back and counter-attack. And I think probably the best example I can think of is as to how the game is going to pan out is when United played Chelsea at the back end of last year at home. And do you remember when Ander Herrera did a man marking job on Hazard? Yeah. I I can see it being like that. There was a lot of energy there, there was a lot of atmosphere from the from the fans. And United did get did get forward a bit, did create chances. Um and Herrera was buzzing around I can see it being kind of similar to that but if oh, if you leave any chances for the city team they they are going to they are going to punish her and I think city's problems recently have has just been starting slowly and they've not been getting the early goals that have kind of turned games in their favor You know, recently because teams turning up and playing defensively isn't new this season. It's just that City have managed to find a goal from somewhere, and as soon as the opposition come out, then that's it; it's game over. So, I think United will probably start very, very deep because they won't want to offer City any kind of initiative. Because if they do, then it could get messy. But then maybe after that, they'll play themselves into the game, and it'll be maybe a little bit more expansive. But I'd imagine Herrera will be doing the pantomime villain job that he's. Which, unfortunately, for him, because he's a he, there's more to him than that. But that's the kind of job he's become accustomed to
0: recently. Mm. Okay, um, Howard, are you worried about United's form? Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm
1: worried about everything, aren't I? So, okay. <laughs> yeah. It. I mean, this is, you know, it's, everything's black and white in football, isn't it? And I think the press have suddenly. Soli- turn to Pep and think we're playing the greatest football, you know, I've heard people saying Pundits, a few journalists say City are playing the greatest football Premier League's ever seen, which I think stretching stretching it a bit, especially after <laughs> the last few weeks of, you know, but they were saying about a month ago, whereas United are playing the most negative, dower stuff but, you know, if you look at the pure stats they're scoring plenty of goals, they've done a brilliant run, they've not lost at home, have they, for what is it Oh, it's a ridiculous it's a amount. Club record, yeah,
2: forty games. Forty
1: games. Uh, so, of course, I am. I mean, they don't lose many games. That, I mean, that's the key to Mourinho. He does not lose many games. Uh, and you, it's a derby, isn't it? even if they were utter rubbish. Yeah, you, know, you just, you know, we've won derbies with far inferior teams, and their team's not as inferior as some are making out at the moment. So. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it it will be a difficult match and it's my worry is the counter attack I think and from crosses because it depends of our weaknesses set pieces just one of those things in the last week or last three games or is it a trend uh, I think we'll be susceptible to crosses United will put in plenty of crosses I think uh, and it's how we deal with that so and the counter attack I mean Marshall and Martial and Rashford rarely play together, uh, but Martial is in good form. You know, whichever plays, there'll be a threat, especially on the counter, especially if we get isolated again. So I don't want to see us, you know, so far up the pitch that we get caught with balls over the top. So that's, you know, it's it's crosses and the counter-attack that worry me about United the most, I think. Yeah, and I mean, I and think now you've worried me that- more by saying that, that Mangala might be starting, which... He's not a cheap dig at Mangala, but, you know, obviously I'd much prefer company to be in there alongside Otamendi.
0: Yeah. Um, I think that that's where um, – I'll throw over to Sam for this – but I think that that's where United's strengths lie. I think the where we have to be very, very careful is that their strength is that they are a big and a physical side and there'll be a big danger from set pieces – and they are devastating on the counter-attack as they showed against Arsenal. They're happy to, you know, for United, it won't be a problem if City keep the ball for 20 minutes because they'll be thinking Mourinho will have them drilled to know that one mistake from Delph, from any of our backline, and they'll be ready to pounce and, and be devastating on the on, on the counter. Um, Sam, would you go along with that? And where can City be dangerous united in terms of where do you think maybe there's a weakness that city can exploit hmm.
2: um, well I think I think the main weakness will be if they do sit back and invite the pressure then that is you know that is an overall weakness um, if you invite city to play yeah you, you, you they might back themselves to to soak up the pressure and, but I I don't think individually and you know def- people talk about our oh, city's defense isn't that good because they haven't had to do much defending. You know they just you know they just keep the ball and that's how they defend, which isn't entirely true. But you then United would be backing like Valencia and Young to to play basically as defenders for the whole game, and you know their best qualities are going forward but they're not going to have too much of an opportunity to do that. Um, so I just think the fact that if United do sit back, then that is one big overall weakness. I don't think the centre-backs are particularly good. You know, Eric, Eric Bailey, he's, he, he had a good first season. Um, he's been more disrupted by injuries this time around. Lindelof, probably the kind of same apprehension around him as there is with Mangala at the moment. Um, Jones has been injured. Rojo is a hothead. You know, he can be... Maybe similar to the old Otamendi, Mm. in that he can be solid, and he's there for ninety-five percent of the game. But then it'll just get caught out or do something mad, and you know that's not good enough for you know a a Premier League at a top club. So I think I don't think United's defense is that good. So that's something to be got at, and the fact that they will be defending for most of the game, I think that's going to be a problem for them. And then you know, Matic had a good start of the season. A very good start to the season when he was, you know, when he could win it back and he was winning it back a lot. There was a lot of like really noticeable tackles and and interceptions. But when he could give it to Pogba and give it to Mkhitaryan, and he was in good form, then that was fine. But without Pogba, he's just kind of been like, you're a man who does one job. You know, city's midfielders, they do all the jobs, don't they? Like Fernandinho, he doesn't just win the ball back. And and give it, you know, he's, he's a very intelligent player. There's a lot more to him and he contributes a lot going further forward as well. But I think Matic is a bit more limited. And without Pogba there to take the burden off him, they look a, a bit more one dimensional in the midfield. And that's the same for Herrera, who, like I say, I think Herrera's a really good player, but he kind of he seems to have been turned into some kind of like some workhorse midfielder. And I, there's just not a lot of inspiration about them. It's mainly pace on the counter, and again, uh, Lukaku hasn't scored in ages in the league. He got one the other night um, from a from a Pogba pass, but without Pogba, that that supply line is going to be well, it's not going to be there again. Um, you know, and Lingard, he's, he's hit a bit of form recently, but overall, I don't think he's he's that good. I certainly expect him to play, and he, he could have an important role, but I just, I, I think United have got a lot of kind of individual and collective weaknesses when they go up against a team as good as City, you know, City have basically just got the fact that they've looked a little bit ropey on set pieces in the last three league games. And that's that's pretty much it. I think the only problem would be if company doesn't play because, as Howard said, if you get left up the pitch against United break-in, that's not going to be ideal. That hasn't happened really all season because of City's organisation, because they haven't given the ball away. But with Mangala... You know, I really do think one man can have that much of an impact, and if he gives the ball away in an area like that, then you are not really going to be in.
1: Okay. Do you, sorry, Sam. Sorry. Do you know? I th- can you predict what, what their, your midfield, United's midfield, would be, or is it? Is it does me, it change me, me, too many me, times? To...
2: Yeah, it it does. I think probably Matic Herrera. Um, will he play Fellaini? will he play lingard do you will think will he play fellaini yeah i think he will play lingard but it kind of depends where um, cuz it, there's it's they've kind of tampered with the the three the three at the back recently and then lingard is kind of if it's a 352 then lingard is part of the the two with Lukaku, but you know but drops back a bit a little bit like what hazard's doing at chelsea at the moment um so it kind of depends if they do do three center backs and the wingers, then let me just think that through. That would be something like Tejea, Valencia, uh Bailey, for argument's sake, Rojo, and then either Lindelof or Smalling or Jones, so either way. And then Young at left wing-back. So you've got the uh, six already. And you get got Matic, seven. Herrera, eight. Lingard, nine. yeah. Yeah, I could kind of see that Herrera and Matic in midfield, Lingard just ahead of them, yeah. and then maybe Rashford on the left or Martial on the left, and then Lukaku up front. Maybe something like that. Okay. If it's not, if it's not three at the back slash five at the back, then there may be there may be scope for Fellaini in there. But you could kind of see Fellaini coming on if if things got desperate, because if you are defending and you're playing against City, you don't want an oaf just lumbering around getting getting triangles played around. Because <laughs> he's just awful.
0: <laughs> um, do you think that Sam? Do you think that if they do play with three at the back, that is an advantage for City, bearing in mind the quality that Sterling and Sane have? Um, no,
2: because that would essentially be five at the back, wouldn't it? If they played that deep, that would be five at the back, and you've got you've got fullbacks there who will go out and look to stop the crosses coming in. And you've also got three centre-backs in the middle, and probably Matic as well, looking to stop the crosses when they do come in. And City's problem um, against Huddersfield, for example, was they were letting the crosses come in, but they weren't going anywhere. Yeah, And there was no spaces in behind. You know, David Silva was trying that ball to the, to the byline for Sane so often. And, it, and they tried it again a lot against West Ham. There was just no space for it. There's just no space for it to, to happen. Mm. So I think if United do play the the five at the back, which obviously is a three at the back, and the, the full-backs or the wing-backs can go forward, that I, I don't think that would be good. I don't think that would be good for City. Um, you know, Sane, Sane is at his best when he's got a bit of space to run into. Um, he's not quite as, as, as tight a dribbler... As, as Brahim, you know, he's, Sane's a better player than Brahim, but in terms of style and keeping the ball close to your feet, and Martial as well, Martial and Brahim keep the ball very close to, your, to their feet. And I think that's what you need when there's defences like that. Sane needs a bit more of a knock-it-and-run kind of approach. You know, he's, I'm not saying that he's not a good dribbler, but I just think in terms of the certain the style of the, the wingers would have to approach the game against deep defences, I think we, you know, that's why I think Sane and Sterling haven't had so much joy out wide. Obviously, Sterling's goals have come when he's got in the box. So I think United playing that three or five at the back, it wouldn't necessarily be good news for City. Um, But yeah, the only thing is they'll have to wait for the opportunity. They'll they'll just have to wait for the opportunity for United to come out. But Mourinho's comment after the Liverpool game said he was waiting for the game to break, for United to go and do something. But the game didn't break because Liverpool never went for it. So maybe they will wait for... United hit on the counter, but then you know the whole point about City is if you give them space, they'll
1: I, they'll count you. I back. didn't see the game because I was at West Brom that day. But you, I think you beat Spurs one 0 that day, didn't you? Could you see? Yes. Could you see it playing out that way? Though, so hopefully, with a, a late goal to a different side. But
2: well, Spurs were very yeah yeah. I could I, I could see it being like that because yeah, what I said about the Chelsea game earlier on that, that hinged a lot on United scored a reasonably early goal. Um, and going back to Mourinho's comments about waiting for the game to break, I think there is there is an opportunity for it because if if by waiting for the game to break he means the teams leaving spaces, then City will attack. But the whole thing with Guardiola and the positional play and the passes in the build up is they don't leave spaces. You know they. They attack in such a way that they can't be counterattacked. So I can see it being very tight. Um, and yes, yeah, similar overall to that Spurs game. But I think that was mainly as well because Spurs didn't really do a great deal. But even then, as we, we talked about it recently, didn't we, when me and you did that podcast on the Friday yeah. there, Delhi Alli still had a good chance just before Martial scored. And it just it just came down to that, really. Mm. So it's... It, and again, this goes back to the whole thing about if you're going to play defensive football, you... You you do ride your luck. You do play the percentages, and you, you probably well you are going to concede shots on your goal. You are going to concede chances. So you know the the couple the impetus will be with City there.
0: A couple of things, Sam. I just want to pick you up on um, mm. the the Liverpool game that was at Anfield, wasn't it? Yeah. So don't you think that at Old Trafford, um, if they play? To to go back to that idea that it's not really three at the back, it's five at the back. Well, if if Young and Valencia don't creep, if they do, if they are instructed to sit next to the centre halves, then isn't that actually also in a way playing into City's hands? In that at Old Trafford, United doing that against a Guardiola team will bring a different kind of pressure, maybe from the crowd as well.
2: Yeah, from the crowd, maybe, but um, you know, it's Mourinho. I, I, He's—I don't think he's bothered about these about these things. He does what he he feels is the best way to win a game and or to, or to get a result. And yeah, yeah, he does. He does need to win, but he's not he's not the type of manager who would go right. I need to win, so we're going to go for it. He's going to get the win, play in his way, and you know he he will be confident that he can he can do it playing his way. Mm. Um, and I think he'll he he'll tell the players, look, this is the job you need to do. You know, don't listen to don't listen to the crowd. May God maybe it'll be like an away game. In the in that respect. You know, don't listen to the don't listen to the crowd. Don't get carried away. Do what do what I tell you to do. You know, there will be times to, to attack and you'll know when they are, but don't get carried away by the emotion of it, I suppose. Because yeah, United, if they don't attack, the United fans will probably be urging them to do it. But I think at the end of the day, it's going to come down to what Mourinho wants. And, you know, for years now, people have been saying, oh, well, will Mourinho approach this game in a different way to what he does normally? But he, he very rarely ever has done. And that's completely natural. You stick to what you know. And, you know, he is he is good at doing it mm. overall. Have United gotten better at
0: big games since Mourinho came in? Because Sunday feels um, I huge. So. Sorry, Sam? I-
2: I don't really, I don't think so. Um, you know, a lot was made of the, the record against, the away record against top six teams and you know, that has been poor and that, and again, that kind of shows up the problem with, um, Mourinho's style and that general approach of, you go away or you, you stay at home and you defend but as soon as they score, you've got nothing.
0: Yeah.
2: I remember Arsenal away last year that, and that was, that was around the time when, United had a load of Europa League games. Um, so they'd kind of throw in the towel in. But as soon as Arsenal scored, that was it. There was nothing. There was absolutely nothing else. The Chelsea game away last year, they scored early and there was nothing. You know, I just couldn't do anything to change that. Um, the Chelsea game away, I didn't see it this season because I was at a City game. Um, but again, once once Chelsea scored, they were pretty much in control of it. Um, yeah, the Liverpool away game. Last season and this season, nil-nil. Nothing happened. Um, I, I, I don't really think... I don't really think there's a there's a you could say that they were good or you you should, I don't see any particular reason why City should be particularly daunted by United on Sunday away from the fact that it's a derby and they're horrible games and anything can happen and it, every every fan just kind of thinks worst case scenario in the in the in the build up to these things don't they? Mm. But yeah, I mean United, yeah United aren't particularly. Good in these in these big games, really. Uh, at home, it's slightly different, but they haven't played anybody as good as City. And and again, going back to the fact that City's problem recently has been they've started slowly. Do you think they're going to start slowly in the derby? I think the, you know you, you just you're up for the, you're up for these games, and you're going to come flying out of the blocks. And they know what Guardiola wants them to do. There's no change in approach, and that's the good thing. You know, Guardi- uh, Mourinho will change the approach for this game because they're not going to play like they do in all the other games. It will be slightly different, but. City, broadly, it will be the same as they always do and the players know what they need to do and we could pretty much predict the start in eleven if everyone's fit. And even if everyone's not fit, it'll probably only be
0: company. Yeah.
2: So everyone just goes out and they do what they need to do and an early goal could be very important. But, you know, as City have shown recently, even if, even if they don't get it, they've kind of got what it takes to to turn it around
0: anyway. So mm. Howard, yeah, do you think...
2: I, 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 City are in good shape.
0: Howard, do you think that Guardiola's instilled a big game mentality into City? You asked me on the review on, <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I will ask you again on the review on Monday, but I'm curious as to what you think
1: right now right, going it's into too early to de- I- It's too early to define that, but you look at the key games so far, first of all, they've shown character in the littler games, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So the tough games, you know, if they're struggling to break down a side. But if you look at the key, you know, what would have been the biggest games? Chelsea away, Napoli home and away, Liverpool at home. Then that suggests the answer is yes. Uh, but I think the true mentality comes later in the season. So that's something probably to revisit at a later date because the true big tests are still to come. Okay.
0: I would say. Okay. But you don't think that there's a. a, I guess what I'm trying to pick out of you and out of Sam in that question is just the idea of if you look at the two teams and you look at the players individually that both of the teams have got, which team do you look at and go, big players, big game, day for them? Uh, How many of those players do City have? How many of those players do United have?
1: Is that for me? That's a tough question. Uh, are you you're obviously hinting that City have have the big players, don't you?
0: No, I'm asking. It's no, not, I think, I think that's your answer,
1: really. though, isn't it? Well, go on, you wow. answer your own question, obviously, I only for United the only player, and I don't think he'll be playing, is Ibrahimovic. Is obviously a big occasion player, uh, but you know he's 36 year old at the end of his career. Mm. Uh, look, you know the likes of Lukaku. The yeah, there's not many who have. Been there and done it, so to speak. Well, well, what you answer your own question? Do you, would you say it's city? I think I think I think, with this, I think both sides have a lot of players who are still to prove. You know, on that stage are still there; those days are still to come. Basically,
0: yeah, maybe. I think I think with city, what we probably have uh, to our advantage is De Bruyne, Silver and Sterling and the the, the collective form that, that those three players have been in over the course of the season. And you feel like those three this season have shown a real big game mentality that they've gone into, that they've been the difference makers in the little games, like you said, when you've needed to show character, but they've also shown pure unadulterated quality in the big games like for example like De Bruyne's goal against Arsenal which just comes out of nowhere but you know he I said two years ago that I felt that he would end up replacing Yaya as kind of our talisman the guy that you sort of look at for the big goals in the big games and he's beginning to show that and I think we have a little bit of an edge over United with Pogba being out because I think that for example Lingard's done really well in flashes but hasn't necessarily lit up a big game. I think it's the same for Martial. Like, I think that he's done, he's having his best moment under Mourinho and his best moment at United, but at the same time, it still feels a bit stop-start. There's not that, you know, Sterling has had three or four moments this season that you go, that's a season-defining moment, that is. De Bruyne has already had two or three that are proper season-defining moments. I think David Silva has... David Silva's game has elevated to a level where he kind of is almost imperious in every game that he's playing. Even when he has a little dip, he's still absolutely controlling centre mids and and making others look foolish. And I think that those those are they're small things, but I think that those individuals can go to Old Trafford and stand up and look. their United counterparts in the eyes and goes I'm gonna have you today I'm better than you and I wonder in that United side how many without Pogba in there how many of those players so see for me it's interesting because we'll, we'll talk about it in a sec but I think that Ibrahimovic will start and I think one of the reasons that Ibrahimovic will start is because Mourinho's not got a player with Pogba out he's not got a player in there who I think is the you know, the big big game talisman that everybody looks at and goes, he's playing, we're all right, yeah? Even if we have a dip, even if we go behind, we're okay because he's on the pitch. Um, yeah, but... so
1: Sorry, I on. think Ibrahimovic is still feeling a niggle from his injury, which is why I suggested he wouldn't play, so... Uh, oh, really? I didn't if know he's, I thought If he he's fit, I totally agree with you that he would start that match, yeah.
0: Okay, well, let me ask Sam that. Sam, I'm going to throw that over to you. What do you think about my uh, my assessment about the the kind of big game players and the big game mentality, and also the Ibrahimovic thing? Whether he's fit and whether you think he'll start?
2: Yeah, I know what you mean about the big game mentality. And the, th- the you know the thing is watching United last few years is they haven't got any leaders. You know, looking back to the kind of the Van Hal teams, they had a lot of nice players, good technical players. No no real leaders at all really. You know, Rooney was there but he was a leader, but not on the pitch. He was his decline had obviously set in a couple of years ago. Um, you know, the kind of merits of Mourinho's transfers have been that he's gone and got uh Pogba and and Ibrahimovic. Um but, you know, that that was you know, the summer before last um last summer they didn't they got tall players in and yeah, perhaps Matic as well. But they have; they didn't really build on that. So, I think, and I do think City, with every kind of passing game, and as Howard mentioned, you know, Chelsea and the two Napoli games have been the big ones. Maybe Liverpool. The more they go through that, and they go through that believing, and well, seeing and believing that the way they play and the way Guardiola tells them to play, they see that it works. That makes a lot of City's players, you know, the kind of characters that you need in big games so yeah you've got David Silva and De Bruyne and Fernandinho so there's your midfield Um, company obviously but he was always that Um, but in terms of the mentality of playing like Guardiola wants you've got Stones and Otamendi as well Um, it seems like Edison's got that personality to keep playing we see that every time he comes out and gets the ball he's just completely nerveless You know he's got it Um, and then I think probably Sane and Sterling are getting there as well. Um, but yeah, with United, it just always, I don't know. You, like, you look at it after the Huddersfield game and you just look at all of them and you think, none of you have got it. Like, none of you. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's because City haven't lost yet that we kind of, maybe I'm overrating the fact that I you know, basically just named half of the City team who have either got it or they're getting there. But the frustration with United over the last few years, and especially, you know, compared to the great United teams of the past, there is just, just nobody there. Um And so often they've relied on De Gea. So I think, yeah, United, sorry, I think City have got the edge in, in that sense as well. And in terms of the, the convictions to play the way they're being told, and I think they probably enjoy playing the way they're being told as well. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, yeah, will he play? Well, yeah, he's, he's, he's been left out the last couple of games. and I don't know. Obviously, he started the one at Old Trafford last year, but...
0: Did he get on the pitch in the I Champions think, League game the other night? Uh,
2: I don't think he was... No, I don't think so. I don't think he was included. I don't think he was on the bench.
0: Interesting. Okay.
2: Um, and I just think the way City... Sorry, I think the way United will probably need and probably will approach the game, they're they're going to need fast players on the break I think. I mean because if you are going to get chances to get in behind at City you just, you just don't want you just don't want Ibrahimovic holding it up. Yeah, you'd you'd want Lukaku and Rashford and Lingard breaking away and I th- yeah, I don't know. I, I certainly understand the point about uh Ibrahimovic starting because what he brings to the team but in terms of the actual performance that Mourinho is going to want from them, I don't know if he's, I don't know if he suits it, and maybe similarly to Fellaini, you kind of bring him on if if you really need him.
0: Okay, fair enough. Um, Howard, to wrap this up, I would like you to pick me a team for City for the derby.
1: Okay. Uh, well, Edison, good start. Uh, Delph. <laughs> Delph Walker. I'm going to say companies fit. Uh, optimistic and Otamendi, pretty much obvious. Fernandinho, Silva, De Bruyne, of course. And I think you'll stick to. I think you'll stick to the team we had and go for. I think it'll be Sterling, Sane, and Aguero. Because I think Jesus played, started against Shakhtar. That would be my guess that Aguero starts in the derby, and his record's so good in the derbies that. Yeah, you've got to play him. I think so. That's my team. Okay, a predictable team, I think.
0: Mm, Yeah, maybe, maybe. Maybe. Um, Sam, I'd like you to pick me a United eleven.
2: Yeah. Okay. Then Uh, this is slightly quicker because I had to go through it earlier on. Uh, De Gea, Valencia. Bailey, Smalling, Rojo, Young, Matic, Herrera, Lingard, uh, Rashford, Lukaku.
0: Interesting. So no Martial that, for you. Yeah.
2: Is, is is that 11?
0: I don't know. I think it. so, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> lost track with that five at the back. Um, <laughs> so we've got six and then those two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, Somebody at the door interrupted my thought process, um as yeah, you say no no martial i'd I'd play martial
0: okay, okay
2: personally um i think I think wait, well, he is better than rushford mm. um, but I'm just wondering if um I, I just kind of get the feeling he'll play it's not that's not really based on anything to be honest yeah. I, I'd play martial as well
0: okay i think i i think that uh I'd be surprised if he didn't pick Martial because I think he's been their best attacking player over the last uh, month, six weeks. Uh, I think Jesus and Aguero will both play Howard. Right. I, I I think I think Sane might end up missing out. I think it might end up being Sterling, Jesus, and Aguero um, because I just I feel as though I feel as though Jesus coming narrower from the left is going to be a little bit more of a headache for Valencia than if it's just a straight winger up against yeah. Valencia. I think Valencia likes that, you know, if he's got a quick, a quick left footed winger to deal with, I think that's a, that's almost like a fair fight for him. And he, I think that he, he fancy, he'll fancy himself there with his experience at his pace. Um, whereas I think Jesus is a different kind of, of problem for him, although there is the flip side of that, which is that Delf will not be going past Jesus or Sane very much. So um, maybe that makes it a little bit too easy for for Valencia and and whoever is playing in front of him for United or whoever's playing on that side in an attacking sense to to overload uh, Delf. But yeah, I just my gut tells me that that Sane misses out and Aguero and Jesus both play sam can you get behind that i, th-
2: I think they need the width okay. okay um i think they need the width of sane mean, yeah, it's not
1: been great I mean, the last yeah, couple of weeks it, has it, either
2: no he's not and again as I, as I said earlier on it's because he hasn't really got the space to get into but i think you you need somebody out there you just need physically somebody there um and again, I think it goes back to what Guardiola said about not um, not being able to play Jesus and Aguero together without Mendy. Yeah, uh, And I think if you don't have anybody out on the left at all, um, then you're not going to be able to stretch the United defence whatsoever. And again, if United do come out at any point, then it's Sane you do want getting in behind or, or even just knocking it past the player and, and, and streaking off into the distance. So I'd, I would expect Sane to play, to be honest. I could be wrong, but... Log- that's my logic.
1: Okay,
2: um, Howard, will
0: City win? Uh,
1: no, I'll go for draw at one all. Okay, Sam, will City win?
2: Yeah, I think so.
0: Mm.
2: I think so. Do you
0: want to give me a score too? Uh,
2: the the the, yeah, the Sorry. Do
0: you want to give me a score? S- Prediction. A score
2: two one again.
0: Fair enough. Um, I think City are going to win comfortably. I think it's going to be 3-1 um, with United getting a late consolation after City take a 3-0 lead. How's that for confidence? <laughs> um, okay. Uh, that was sort of the review of Shakhtar and sort of the Friday show stroke preview of the Derby this weekend. Um, Mr. Howard Hocking, thank you very much. My pleasure as always. Sam Lee, thank you very much. No problem at all. Thank you to everybody who's listened, Um, as always. Thanks for being members on the 9320 Player. If you're not and you're listening to this on Friday as part of the Friday show, then you should really go over to our website and sign up to the 9320 Player. We've got some amazing content on there, like the interview that we did with Marty Perrano this week, uh, which is very much a must-listen. And yeah, we will be back after the derby to talk about City's victory at Old Trafford. Thanks for listening.